Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and we have a lot to talk about this week. We've had some amazing golf that happened that I am just chomping at the bit to talk about. So we're going to skip all of the introductions and just get right into it because that playoff at the BMW Championship was just uh, spectacular. Spectacular. I'm not going to lie. I would say until about the back nine on Sunday, it was a bit of a boring tournament for me. Um, You would think that the playoffs, that they would make it more of a challenging golf course, that they would set it up a little bit harder. It was a pitch and putt for these guys. I mean, they were shooting incredibly low. So low, and sometimes it is fun to see them go low, but I love that for like a team event like the Ryder Cup. I like when birdies and eagles are flying, but for the tour championship or a playoff event, you want it to be a little bit harder, especially how, you know, it's the end of the year, they're all going to the tour championship, they're playing for $15 million. You just think that they would make it more of a challenge. And I know that it will. the playoffs will never compete with the majors, and I get that. But, like, let's try. <laughs> let's try to, you know, make it more difficult for these guys. I don't want to see uh, Bryson was, what, 22 under at one point, like four holes into a Saturday round. That's insane to me. I don't want to see these guys just go so low. I like to see them struggle. I prefer to see them struggle. And I've actually changed my opinion on this. I used to love to see them going low, but it's not that much fun. I prefer when it's more of a challenging golf course and a golf course that evens out the field on easier golf courses. Obviously, Bryson just bombed his driver everywhere, and that was a huge advantage. Not the biggest advantage putting was, and we found that out later. But <laughs> I, I just wish that it was a, a setup a bit tougher for these guys. I mean, they deserve that. It's the playoffs. Like, come on, just make it a challenge. 
Anyways, um, was not really enjoying the tournament, was not really into it, uh, had it on in the background, and then all of a sudden, it got very interesting between Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau uh, on that back nine. You know, they were going back and forth. It looked like Bryson had it for a majority of the time, especially when Patrick hit it in the water, and then Bryson ended up, you know, making bogey as well and so they went bogey bogey and then going into 18 with Patrick Cantley making that bomb of a putt I mean I I screamed like what a putt that the hole for Patrick Cantley that day must have looked like a crater to him he was draining everything from everywhere and I don't know if you guys have ever had a round like that I've had a couple um, that the hole just looks so big and you just make everything and you're not even thinking about it. The rounds that I play terribly, I'm thinking about every little thing that I'm doing. I'm thinking about my swing mechanics. I'm thinking about, um, the wind and every little thing. I am so focused in on all of the wrong things. And that's what I always found so fascinating about my bad rounds was that I was so out of focus with thinking about like the trees rattling or I would hear birds. I I mean, I was thinking of literally everything that was going on. I was almost so like overstimulated and and, uh, couldn't focus in on what I was doing, but I was almost trying to focus so much that I was getting distracted. I, I know it doesn't make any sense. And if you've had those bad rounds, you know what I'm talking about, where you're trying so hard, and that's the problem. It's when you try hard in golf, you fail. And the good rounds and where everything is going right, you don't think of anything, nothing. You just see your target and you hit it there. Same with putting. It's almost like I I didn't even have to like read the greens. I just stood up and I was like, I'm going to make this. And you have that feeling all day long that you're so confident and you're going to make everything and every shot's going to feel good. Even the bad shots don't feel all that bad. And if you do, you're not even really thinking about it. But on a bad day, you're thinking of everything and everything is going wrong and you're in your head about it and you just make it so much harder on yourself and you're trying so incredibly hard and the good rounds you're not trying feels like you're not trying at all. And so I try to have that mentality when I play golf now. And when I play for fun, I do have that because I'm not thinking of anything that I'm doing. I'm just thinking about enjoying the day with my friends. But as soon as I start to put a little extra pressure on myself, that's when I go back into that mode of trying so hard. And that's something that I really struggled with in junior golf and college golf, especially college golf. I was struggling a little bit with my game and I practiced so hard. I worked my butt off. Everything that I was doing was going into being a better golfer and it made it worse because it was consuming my mind and every time I would go out there, I'd be so in my head about everything and I would get so frustrated because I would see these girls like partying and not caring and then they would go and play amazing and yeah, I'm over here working my ass off and I was playing the worst golf of my life. And that's what I think I hate about golf is that you can work so incredibly hard putting and chipping and spending hours out there and working out and everything you do to try to get better and you just could get worse. And I don't feel like it's the same way with other sports. Like if you put that work in, you put, if you're dedicated to what you do, it's going to pay off. If you weight train and eat right and 
you know, sleep enough (laughs) and do all the little things, you're going to improve. You're not going to get worse. But golf is the one sport where it's like you could get 10 times worse. And when you don't care and you're hungover or you're drinking and you're doing everything you're not supposed to do, that's when you play your best golf. Uh, But I digress (laughs) back into what I was talking about with Patrick Cantley. He was having one of those days where everything was going right and it just looked easy for him. Even when he was making mistakes, you know, in the playoff, I mean, that man's short game is incredible, especially that first playoff hole where he hit it left on that hill and he had that downhill sloping flop shot out of the rough and we saw Bryson had the yips a couple holes earlier and Patrick just hit that shot and he shot a look to Bryson and it was like yep that's what it's like to not have chipping yips and that was my favorite moment of the entire tournament was that look that Patrick Cantley gave Bryson DeChambeau. I think what also made the playoff so great is that you could tell that there was tension between both players. I think sometimes in golf They focus so much on it being a gentleman's game and good sportsmanship. And it's fun to see that at times where, you know, in playoffs, they're saying like, good shot, that's great, that's awesome. But I liked that tension that Patrick Cantley and Bryson DeChambeau had with each other. You could tell that they do not like each other. And we saw that earlier too when Bryson set up to a shot and Patrick Cantley was like way behind him, like behind his back. And Bryson just stops what he's doing he's like Patrick can you stop walking and like backs off and little things like that make such a big difference when you're playing around a golf I remember when I played with um, girls in junior golf especially junior golf and you would do these little mind games or they would try to put you off your game I had this one girl that would sit behind every single one of my putts and read it from that way and I would ask her to move and she wouldn't move And it really bothers you. Like, stuff like that really bothers you. And so I don't know if Patrick Cantley was trying to get in Bryson's head or Bryson was just being Bryson and, you know, just had to back off. But that one was a bit bizarre. But anyways, the the playoff again was just heating up. And every time you thought someone was going to have it or win it, you know, then Patrick made a great up and down and then Bryson, you know, hit in the water and then he hit an amazing iron shot in there and then they were on the par three and Bryson hit a great shot and then Patrick Cantley hit it inside him and it was just a constant back and forth and you didn't know what was going to happen and what was going on and then Bryson, I mean, Bryson should have won. He had so many opportunities to make putts and he missed so many putts. I had a tweet and I said that drive for show and putt for dough is real. And there was a huge discussion underneath it because statistically Bryson is a better putter. And they're saying that Bryson has one more than Patrick Cantley because he hits it farther. And so I understand the thought process of, okay, if you hit it farther, you do have better advantages into the greens, but it all comes down to putting. Patrick Cantley won because he made the putts. Bryson should have won, but he didn't make the putts. So again, it comes down to you got to make the putts for dough. That's what matters. If you're not putting well, and it doesn't matter if you're statistically a better putter, throughout your career, but if you don't have it on that day, the pu- the person who's putting the best is going to win. And I know that's so cliche, but it's true. Yes, you could have the advantage by, you know, having shorter irons in, but again, if you're hitting it to four or five feet and you're missing the putts, then it doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter how big of an advantage you get if you're not making the putts. So I would say that it was a bit uncharacteristic of Bryson to miss that many putts. Um, he is you know, a pretty decent putter if you look at the stats, uh, especially so since he's changed his putting style. Um, he's really improved drastically. But it was probably... I'm thinking it's probably the best playoff that I have seen in a very long time. Um, the last kind of back and forth that are that epic happened in team matches. And that's why I'm so excited for the Ryder Cup coming up. But I'm also really nervous for the Ryder Cup too. And I will get into that a little later on. Um, but the playoffs, you know, it started out kind of, a little boring, ended up being an amazing tournament. We've had, I keep saying this over and over and over again, I sound like a broken record by now, but every tournament this year has been incredible. All of the playoffs that we've had, the back and forth, um, it has just been amazing. I will say that there's also been another big topic surrounding Bryson. Um, so after he lost the playoff, he was walking back and someone said uh good job Brooksy to him and if you know the whole back and forth with Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau uh they're not <laughs> they do not like each other at all and you know it started a couple tournaments ago where you know people were yelling Brooksy at Bryson he really hated it Brooks then gave everyone who was kicked out for saying Brooksy uh, free beer, and it turned to this whole thing. And so Bryson then, after, turned around and said, you know, like, leave me alone, get the fuck out of here, and, you know, kind of started to charge at him a little bit, ended up turning the other way. And people are saying that, you know, the tour or... People are allowing this behavior to happen, and it's not fair to Bryson. And I see both sides of this. I do think that obviously, after a, a big loss, why would someone? Why would? Why the fuck would you say that to someone? Like, don't be an idiot. Don't be a jerk. You know, I, I get that sometimes you think it's funny, or maybe you're a huge Brooks fan, but just not the right time and place. And I don't know if that's ever the right time and place, but. I don't like that. I think that compared to other sports, golf is, it's different with golf because the fans are so close to the players and other sports, they're in stadiums and they're almost, the athletes are more protected. And of course, fans will say anything at any time at different sporting events. And that's just kind of how it happens. You I mean, I've been to so many games where, you know, people are just yelling the craziest stuff and that happens at golf tournaments. But again, the people are so much farther away at uh, in arenas compared to a golf course that I do feel like people need to act a, in a certain way, especially if you're that close to a player. Just think about it this way. If you're having a bad day at work and someone comes right up to you and just starts ripping you two feet away from you and it's just constant 
and all you're trying to do is work and of course you're already having a bad day it's gonna get on you even more so try to consider that too if you're one of those people who likes to yell at events um golf tournaments specifically maybe think twice about it because these guys are working and i know you're probably like what page they make millions of dollars and they're living the life and you know there's being a bunch of pussies like they should be able to handle some criticism or some jokes. And I do agree with that. But again, like if you're so close to someone, uh, that's hard. Like that, that's just difficult and it's a time and a place for it. I am a fan of people yelling funny things, but when it's hurtful and it, it, it takes a toll on someone, you can see that I'm not a fan of that. And you know, I like to have fun bashing Bryson here and there, and I've been trying to do a better job of not doing that just because I get a ton of unnecessary hate, and it does bother me at times because I'm like, I don't, they don't know me. Of course, I've done some things, and I'm sure people will be like, oh, she's annoying or this or that, but they don't know me, and sometimes I just feel like it's been uncalled for, and I don't, I don't want to do that to Bryson either. I was noticing on Twitter how everyone, every tweet about Bryson, there was always something negative before it was something kind of positive. And I just felt that was a bit, I mean, that's that's just tough to take that constantly. And you almost have to develop a really hard exterior to deal with that. And so I don't know if, you know, he's starting to become more and more of this person that, you know, people can't relate to because he feels like he has to keep himself protected or guarded against, you know, all of this hate. And I think golf does need villains and golf does need people who are a bit controversial because it is so fucking boring sometimes. I mean, I love Tony Fino more than like anything. I think he's the nicest, sweetest, kindest person ever and his family is incredible. But when he won, they were talking about his 3 a.m. McDonald's order. That's as interesting as it gets sometimes, and and I don't really care about that, you know? And sometimes there's just nothing to talk about in golf because there's no one pushing the boundaries or doing anything different, and I almost, like, it's easy engagement and it's fun to rip on Bryson, but I want him to still be him because if he changes and he becomes boring and like everyone else, then who are we going to have, like, we're not going to have anyone to root against. And Patrick Reed's just kind of, he's been sick. Um, so get well soon, Patrick. Um, but, you know, he hasn't been as much of a, you know, that villain role either. And so I'm like, we need people like that in sports. You just need it. You need those back and forth. You need the Brooks Bryson controversy. You need that stuff. And, you know, it's it's hard because it's, again, easy engagement. And anytime I tweet something negative about Bryson, it does really well, which is so sad when you think about it. And I think a lot of people in golf media just takes that approach. It's like when you tweet about Tiger. All you have to do is say, like, Tiger, and you'll get so many likes and comments. And it's almost now the cool thing to hate on Bryson. And I always like to do things a little bit different. So maybe I will stop hating on Bryson because I don't like doing what everyone else does. Um, but that is uh, something that I'm working through right now. I haven't decided one way or another. So let me know if you like me being a Bryson hater or if you want me to uh, go against the grain and now support Bryson. You know, I am 
I'll do anything for some good content. So you let me know. Uh, you can email us at pariheartradio.com or you can leave me an Instagram message at the Playing Around Instagram account. Um, but I always want to do something different. And, you know, like I said, everyone's just shitting on Bryson all the time. So maybe, maybe I'll do something a little bit different. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Tour Championship, the Ryder Cup, and so much more. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com. Okay, guys, we are back. We're going to talk about the Tour Championship. So I'm excited for this. You know, it's it's the last tournament before the Ryder Cup. I'm mostly looking forward to the Ryder Cup. So let's get into some odds for the Tour Championship. Patrick Cantley is listed at plus 350, then followed by John Rahm at plus 400, Bryson DeChambeau at plus 500, Tony Finau at plus 700, and then there's a big jump after that to Justin Thomas at plus 1,700, Dustin Johnson at plus 2,000, Cameron Smith at plus 2,500, Jordan Spieth at plus 2,500, and Roy McIlroy at plus 2,500. So they do the Tour Championship a little bit differently, where if you're leading in the FedEx Cup points, then you get more of an advantage. So Patrick Cantlay is going to start off at uh, 10 under, so people will be having to chase him. I like the way that they do that. I think it's interesting. You know, with this the Tour Championship coming up and then the last two playoffs, good players are going to win. So you're not going to see as many long shots or sleeper picks getting it done. Um, on a harder field, uh, a deep field, and, you know, prime conditions, I don't know if they're going to set it up harder or easier, but the cream of the crop is going to get it done. And we're seeing that. And so I'm looking down the list and – there's not a ton of players who I like as long shots. Of course, there's not many players in the field anyways. So I think you're really just going to be looking at the top players here. Honestly, I'm really liking Dustin Johnson. I liked him last week at the BMW. <laughs> he played really well, but obviously couldn't shoot like 40 under par. Uh, I like him. I think he's going to get it done. Dustin Johnson one of those players. As soon as he gets confidence, he just wins everything. And it looks like he's building towards that and I like him again Cameron Smith is always a pretty solid pick John Rahm I don't know if Bryson or Patrick Cantlay can uh keep that 
intensity that they kept up coming off of a playoff and going into another event is going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the odds are okay for a lot of them. Um, some long shots that could be interesting. I would say Daniel Berger at 125 to 1. Sergio Garcia, who, which is weird. I didn't even know Sergio was like on the radar. Um, but he, he made it into the tour championship. He's at 150 to 1. I love Kevin Na. He's at 100 to 1. Gosh, even Scotty Scheffler at plus 8,000. So there are some good long shots, but I still think you're going to be looking at the top 10 guys there to get it done this week. So if you want to get in on the action, go to the PointsBet app. You can use my code PAGE, that's P-A-I-G-E, and they have boosters and prop bets, and uh, Teddy and I always do a name of bet of the week that we boost, and so it's really fun to uh, gamble, and you can do it responsibly. I think that's something that I do want to touch on. I know a lot of people have their reservations about gambling and sports betting, um, but you can do it in a very responsible, smart way. Everything is good in moderation, so keep that in mind. If you have the funds to do so, then you should be able to trust yourself. I like the fact that you can put a dollar on something, less than a dollar, whatever it may be. Just having something on the line makes it interesting. You don't have to put a ton of money out there. And I think that's a misconception when it comes to sports betting is that you see all of the negative stories and the bad, but there's a lot of good and you can do it where it's fun. And, you know, it's really just small, fun little bets. You don't have to put your mortgage out there. And honestly, PointsBet doesn't even allow you to do that. They are the best app when it comes to responsible gambling. Um, they make sure that everyone is protected, they're okay, that they have resources available. So I, I really like to work with companies that are smart and care about the customers. And I just wanted to talk about that because I, I do think that's important. I think there's still a stigma around it. And I understand that. But, you know, sports betting is the wave of the future and it's going to be everywhere soon. And you can do it responsibly and you should do it responsibly. And points bet, make sure that that's happening. So um, I want to talk about that, especially with college football coming up. Well, it started. College football going on, but it hasn't really started yet. All the good games are coming up soon. And NFL is coming up, which I'm so excited about. I was nervous, though. I saw Juju doing the crate challenge. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but people are stacking crates up, and it almost looks like a pyramid, so you have to walk all the way up and then all the way down. And it's so wobbly and so Juju was doing that probably for a TikTok trend but I'm like why are you doing that why why of all the stupid trends that's not one you need to be doing before season just just don't don't do it uh, but I'm excited to watch some football I always look forward to football season mostly just I love fall and um, the changing weather and by changing weather I just mean that it's not 125 fucking degrees outside and I can actually like wear pants again and not feel like my skin is like burning and melting off my body um so we love fall around here in Arizona it's great um but I, I'm really looking forward to that all right what teams do you guys like are you excited for football do you prefer college football or NFL uh let me know again you can email us or Instagram message us <laughs> all of the above Okay, guys, got to get into this now because it's been on my mind for a while. Ryder Cup. So, 
this year's going to be very interesting because Team USA has some issues. So Patrick Cantlay and Bryson DeChambeau, they don't like each other. Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, they don't like each other. Brooks and Dustin Johnson kind of have their thing. And if Patrick Reed is going to be on the team, Patrick Reed doesn't like anyone. And everyone hates Patrick. So I feel bad for Steve Stricker because this is a team where there's like not much camaraderie. And then you have the European team who are like the best of pals. And, you know, they're singing and laughing together. And Team USA like hates each other. So it's going to be interesting to see what Steve Stricker does. Um, obviously, there's so many really great players, and he has so many great players to pick from. I almost feel like he's going to go in the direction of someone like a Phil Mickelson or even like a Kevin Kisner to lighten up the mood in the locker room. I think that's going to be very important, and someone like Phil, who's a veteran, can do so. But I, I'm really leaning towards, I know I've talked about this, but I, I, I really honestly think that he has to do that because you need someone to lead the way and I just don't see that happening with anyone on the team right now I don't think that you know Brooks and Bryson are going to bury the hatchet and be you know the best of pals um just for a couple days you just can't get over stuff like that that quickly and just act like nothing is wrong and also who's going to play with Bryson I mean who are they going to team up with There's limited options now with who can play with who just based off of like personality and um, the fact that everyone hates each other. So I'm not feeling too good for Team USA. And I mean, they they should win based off of just talent and um, all of the, you know, US guys are playing so solid right now that you would think that they would be an easy win to get the the Ryder Cup. But, you know, I always think that. And then Europe somehow always seems to get it done because they just have that team chemistry. And team chemistry is more important than anything else when it comes to a team event, especially when it comes to uh, the format that you have. But obviously, like, alternate shot and uh, best ball. Like, you need to be able to get along with your teammate and work off of each other, especially alternate shot, which is the most stressful format of all time. I told you guys this story long ago, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it's funny. I played in a father-daughter, well, it was a father-son, but they allowed me to play. (laughs) And I was the only girl there. And so they made me play from where the boys were teeing off. And it was supposed to be a scramble, I believe, best ball or scramble something really fun and easy and they changed it to alternate shot and so my dad was playing from the tips and he shouldn't be playing from the tips and I had to move back to and I saw places on that golf course I have never seen before the only fairway he hit was number 16 and we were on hole 18 so we were playing 18 he hit in the 16th fairway and I had to hit it over the clubhouse and they just put new glass in and I did a three wood over the clubhouse ended up hitting a really good shot but I was like I will never ever play with my dad ever again after that and he wholeheartedly agreed to no more alternate shot alternate shot just sucks it's the worst I hate it so you need a good teammate so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens for Ryder Cup and speaking of Ryder Cup I have some really good news 
I think you guys will be excited about. I know you were asking for the Amen towels, and we are doing something special for the Ryder Cup. So keep a lookout for that. Um, I think you're really going to like them. I think they turn out great, and those are always so much fun. I have been loving doing the towels. I was so nervous when I first had to do them. I did the Christmas towel first, the holiday towel, and I was so nervous, and I complained and bitched and moaned and groaned about it because I was just so nervous no one was going to buy it. I ended up doing really well. And then after that, we put out the Masters, the Amen towel, where I was in the green jacket and nothing else was underneath. And that towel did really well, and people are still asking about that all the time, and we will bring it back, so keep that in mind, too. Um, so now we're doing the Ryder Cup towel, and I'm excited for you guys to see them. It's something that's been really fun, so um, kind of all over the place today with this podcast. I'm in a very, like, talkative mood, and I'm just kind of, like, flowing through this, working through this quickly, so I hope that you're finding this entertaining, and I'm looking forward to so many interesting things with, you know, like, football and the Ryder Cup and so many things that are coming up, and I'm rambling, so we'll end that here, and we'll get into some T and A. The first question is, Paige, how do I get better with my golf game? How do I improve? So... I practiced the wrong way for a majority of my career. I would spend hours banging golf balls and not really like working on anything. I was working on my swing, but I didn't have the right intentions. And I always thought if I had a perfect swing, I would play better golf, which is not true at all. And I wish that I spent more time on my short game, my putting, my wedges specifically, not really short game. I practice short game all the time, uh, but wedges and putting and played and played under pressure. I think that that is the best way to improve is to first out start with putting, chipping, and wedges. That's where most people lose majority of their shots and through course management. So most people don't keep their stats. I recommend that you keep your stats for about five to 10 rounds. And that way you'll see what you're really struggling with. You might think that you're struggling with your iron shots, but you're struggling with your iron shots because you're not hitting fairways or, you know, your putting stats aren't that great, but it's because you're not hitting it uh, close enough with your irons or your putting stats might be okay, but that's only because you're missing so many greens and you're getting those easy two putts or one putt. So you really need to keep your stats to see where you're struggling. So start with that. And then once you see where your weaknesses are, practice your weaknesses and practice with a purpose. So you don't have to be out there for hours. So if you struggle with drivers or irons, Work on your routine on the range. So go through your pre-shot routine, pretend like you're on the golf course, pick targets and make it as realistic as possible because I would practice and I would put a stick down and I would work on my mechanics. And then when I got on the golf course, it felt so different because I didn't have my stick down and I wasn't comfortable. And I realized that I have to go through my routine to make sure it translates from range to golf course. If you're struggling with your short game, I love the up and down drill. So you have to get 10 up and downs before you can leave. I, ha I have to do them in a row, but if you're starting out, you can set your own personal goals. But you have one golf ball, whatever clubs you chip with, and then your putter. And you pick hard positions or places or shots that you get majority of the time, and you have to get 10 up and downs. And again, that's realistic. I like to do drills that are very real. So 
a lot of people say, how can I play so well on the range or hit so well on the range and then I can never go bring it to the golf course because you're not practicing with a purpose and you're not doing it the right way. And so these drills really help you do so. So if you do the up and down drill and most people don't practice bunker. So practice bunker. And if there's not a practice bunker area at the course that you're at, I like to go around like 5 30, 6 o'clock when no one else is on the golf course. You can pay for a twilight round, nine holes, pretty inexpensive at, you know, any muni or public golf course. And so go there, um, play nine holes. You don't even have to play nine holes, but hit multiple shots and around the greens and play two balls and practice out on the golf course. I think that's the best way to improve. So those are some of my tips for you guys to uh, quickly improve and to get better. It's just practicing with a purpose and not just going out to, out there to go out there. Uh, you really have to focus in on what you need to do to get better. The next question is, what are some golf-specific workouts that you like to do? So I have been mixing my workouts up quite a bit. I go from lifting heavy one day to doing more band work. I feel that my golf game has improved. I'm hitting the ball a lot farther by doing so. And I know a lot of people might not be able to have access to the gym, either for financial reasons or they just don't feel comfortable yet, or they can't because of their body, whatever it may be, try bands. I really love band work. I did a YouTube video about this recently. So if you want to check out my YouTube channel, I show you all of low impact exercises that are great for you. It works your smaller muscles. And I think that's something that you really want to work on for your golf game to improve. You can get, you know, stronger by not getting bulkier. And I think with golf, you want to strengthen your smaller muscles and you don't need to bulk up all that much to uh, see a small difference. Um, you see people like Brooks or Bryson and they put so much muscle on and they're hitting it so much farther. But a lot of us can't do that. Um, that takes a lot of time and effort. Your whole life has to basically be devoted to working out and bulking with your food and you know, you're training all the time. And so most normal people with desk jobs or just any kind of job, um, you can't do that. It's not sustainable. So yeah, of course, if you want to hit it as far as you possibly can, maybe you need to do that, but you don't have to. And you can see um, big changes with just adding uh, band work and also stretching, doing yoga and stretching. A lot of people can't get in certain positions in their golf swing because they aren't flexible enough to properly turn their hips or to rotate through it. And so stretching and yoga will help your golf game so much. Also, again, it goes back to working and strengthening the smaller muscles too while you're lengthening your muscles. And that's exactly what you want for a golf swing. So if you're feeling really tight and you can't turn back, like your back isn't allowing you to move that way or you don't feel like you can get your wrists or your arms in certain positions, um, then you probably need to stretch. And that will make a big difference too because you're going to get more, more mobility, which means you can get a bigger turn. You can get more width in your swing. And from there, that's how you get more distance. So I know everyone always wants to hit it farther, but those are two ways that uh, you can improve and it's really easy. You can do YouTube yoga classes. You can uh, find stretching classes on YouTube. Uh, bands are really inexpensive. You can work out at home by doing that. So you have no excuse. 
That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> There's no excuse for you guys to get better. And for me, I feel better too when I'm stretching and I'm working out. Um, it's great for your mental health and just taking time for yourself. And so if you can carve out uh, you know, 30 minutes just to stretch or work out, um, I think that's also really important too, just for your overall happiness and having some you time. And I know sometimes it's daunting to start or get into a workout routine, but once you do it a couple times, you're going to uh, love it and it's gonna make a difference and you'll see the difference too. So if you're thinking of starting or if you're apprehensive, just start it, just try. Just try new things and I'm sure it's going to work out great for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was a bit um, all over the place. I was just so excited about golf and there was so much to talk about. Um, if you want to leave a five-star review and a comment on the podcast, I would very much appreciate that. Um, any support that you guys give me means the world to me and you're the best. So thanks for always supporting and listening. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's episode and I will see you or, ah, I was so close. I've been doing so well with that. I've been closing them out great and then I fucked it up again. Um, I will catch you guys here again soon. Whew, there we go. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.